0: It's not...
1: mind if I don't hear I don't care perfect perfect it's just a vape it ain't nothing crazy
2: I mean listen as long as you get look you got bad eyes cataract mar- medical marijuana is legal in Alabama now so
1: coming it's soon to be so if you try to invest with us let us know no I'm good
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm good I barely can't I've been out here figuring out analytics on podcasts. so I found out today someone has to listen for 20 minutes uninterrupted for it to count as a play so my clicks on one episode was 289 clicks, but only 39 listeners by their stats. Um, mm-hmm. I don't get how analytics work. So they need to listen for 30 seconds to be a listener. No, 20 minutes.
1: 20 minutes. Ooh.
2: Okay. And uninterrupted. I just laughed. I said, there's no way anybody moving around in a normal day. Cause if you take this on your commute to work, you drive to work, if, you're, if it's a 15 minute work uh, trip, don't count as a listen it counts just as a play and you get paid per listen not per um play so basically they make you put the ad at the beginning so you're gonna get the advertisement out but they don't pay you for the ad in a weird analytic way that's so weird hey listen it's a business i get it so um let me see how i want to start this i guess we're already talking Welcome everybody to the I Speak Coast Switch Podcast. I am joined by a old family friend Kyler Jackson. Yes, sir, um, you can say hello to everybody.
1: Are y'all doing everybody? It's KJ here. Peace and love. Wow, peace and
2: love. Yes, um, sir, <laughs> my first question is the first question I ask every single guest. Who are you?
1: All right. So who am I? <clears throat> well. Uh, you said my full government. So <laughs> I go by KJ. A lot of people call me KJ, but my name's Kyler Jackson. Um, I'm currently a financial advisor at Northwestern Mutual. Uh, I'm pretty much, I feel like, and not to brag, I feel like I just, I'm a, dra- a jack of all trades. Um, kind of put my hands in as many pots as I can. Um, I'm really driven. Really educated, smart. I talk a little too much, but <laughs> uh, other than that, man, I I'm I'm a real simple guy. I'm chill, laid back. I'm a homebody, so I really don't do much. Um, but that's pretty much it. That's pretty much me. Former athlete, and I also do photography.
2: Oh, so how do you get to the person you are today? What's the story? How does it start? Is there some bumps in the road, man?
1: It's definitely a lot of bumps, it's one of the topics that we have today. If um. But, man, to get where I am today, man, it's a lot of grinding. Um, so, you know, I've been in sports all my life, engineering academy. You know how that struggle was. <laughs> it ain't no joke. <laughs> um, so I was a nerd that became athletic. Um, sure. I used to be – I've always had a little muscle, but I used to have a huge head. You remember y'all used to always joke about my head? Yeah. Um, so, you know, me being in the books, staying dedicated, staying motivated to that, um, and eventually uh, my nerdy self, I took one joke a little too far and I got hurt in my feelings and I took on a new grind. It was football. It took me a long way. Um, helped pay for my college. I got my degree based off of football, basically. That uh, man degree was, you know, computer science background. Uh, but sports took me there. You know, I felt that drive. I needed it um, to kind of really elevate my life and, you know, I've had my bumps along the way. I've had ample amounts of surgeries. I've had um, major setbacks as far as stupidity, you know, dumb things a child does. Right. Um, you know, I had the right people in my corner telling me not to do it, and I still did it anyway, and repercussions came from that. So uh, <laughs> well, I actually know
2: what you say. I'm your curse. You say Man. I thank you for
1: everything. Man, the Eldon in me is not realizing it's a curse, but maybe you are heaven sent to tell me to stop doing dumb <laughs> stuff. Can we cuss on here? You know, of it, to tell me to stop doing dumb shit before I did it. And I just, you know, I'm a kid. I didn't listen. So, um, but man, like I said, you know, everyone has their bumps, their, their obstacles, but you keep jumping over them. You keep getting back up and keep pushing. And that's where you get to, uh, KJ who he is now today. Um, and as everyone knows, I have a son now and man, that that's, that's the you obstacle. Know that, so. well, you know, people that know me, they may listen to it. Um, You know, they know the deal. But people who don't know, I, you know, I have a child. And many people think that that's a huge life obstacle. And that's that's really a blessing. It's not necessarily an obstacle. Um, But it definitely does make things harder um, depending on certain situations. Um, But, you know, I have a kid now. And he looks just like me. He's beautiful. And, you know, you keep pushing through that because it gives you new purpose now. So, you know, at the end of the day, the KJ who I am now is the most mature KJ I've probably ever been in my life. And I love it. Um, got some things to still figure out. I ain't made it yet, but oh, yeah, uh, awesome. I'm working.
2: Okay. Let's see. We got a lot in that. A lot in that. <laughs> okay. So I guess academic journey. Did mm-hmm. you always play football in college or how'd that go about athletics paying for your college? Mm-hmm.
1: So I didn't, I didn't always play football. I actually had one gap year basically. So I uh, went to Auburn my freshman year, first semester I walked on, I didn't make the cut. Or oh, I tried to walk on. I missed the walk on trials, actually. So I was like, I'm gonna just prepare myself and get ready for walk on trials next semester. Um, I walked on next semester. Everything was fine. I met the coaches. I already knew a couple of players up there. Daryl Williams, one of my homeboys, he was already there. Um, so he kind of got me into the atmosphere a little bit too. Was able to kind of get my hands around, talk to a few other players. Got cool with Nick Ruffin. Um, whole bunch of folks up there, man. And walking on that second tryout, everything went smooth. My numbers were looking good. I actually remember it to this day too, because I was like, oh, they're gonna take me up for just because of my L drill speed and my five ten five. So like I did the five ten five and got like a three point eight or something like that.
0: Oh the coaches. Means.
1: So it's five ten five is you you start in the middle of 10 yards. So you got 10 yards you gotta run. You start in the middle point. So each yard is each little hash like line on the football field is
2: five. Then all
1: yep. the 10, then back to five. Yep. Yep. So mm-hmm. you started mm-hmm. in either direction. And I did that in like 3.8 seconds. And they were like, they showed me the timing. They were like, go back and do that again. Ain't no way. And I did it again. And I got like a 4.01 or something like that. Like a 4.01 or 4.1. And they were like, yo, that's crazy. And in my little head, I'm like, oh, yeah, they finna take me. It's over
0: with. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <Nice.
1: laughs> man, I'm talking about I was elated. Um, but of course that didn't work out the way that I wanted to um, as far as me getting on practice squad and advancing in the Auburn football uh program um just because of grades. So I got an email about a week later, you know, I'm talking to the coaches, Coach Horton and all of them. I'm like, you know, everything sounds good, Coach. I love to get on the field. You know, I got connections because I knew people there. Um and they told me that my grades weren't good enough. So I would have to try again next semester because of academic probation. So pretty much I had a whole year of football that I didn't play. Uh, Birmingham Southern was recruiting me out of high school and I still had contacts with them and my dad took the initiative to say hey you coming home you know black, <laughs> folks, black folks don't play about their grades with their kids you're really? in college messing up because we don't got the money to be paying you for extra years <laughs> so, <laughs> so
2: no they ain't got time they not gonna do
1: it all right that's
2: enough of that
1: exactly exactly so that happened, you know, and I'm like, all right, well, whatever. If you talk to the coaches already, then if they want me to come play, I'll come play. But I'm not going to be reaching out to nobody. I'm just like, at that point, I was just frustrated with myself. I had
2: hit you a
1: little hard. Yeah. I was frustrated because I was like, man, I was right there. And I didn't make it because of grades. Like,
2: Well, so
1: listen,
2: college athlete. That's the one thing they forget to mention, the college in front of the athlete. Student. Yeah.
1: We always go by student athlete. You're a student first. Yeah. That's what I had to learn. So... Went to BSC, of course, they recruited me and played football ever since. Had a few injuries that sent me out a, a season, um, but I still enjoy my time. And I think I still got a year of eligibility, but I'm, I'm setting it down. But if I run full speed
2: now, it's over with. Yeah. Well, you tore your Achilles recently, so. Yeah.
0: That's
2: hard. It's hard to get that speed back. I tell you that. Mm. I've heard. Man. It, I, I, my dad, he tore his Achilles, and he said, he's scared to race me. One time I tried to race him and I was like, yeah, pop, let's go. His wife said, nah, he shut down for the day. She saved him. What's
1: up? <laughs> that's, <laughs> all, that's all improper, uh, improper uh, physical therapy right there. You yeah. should be having it stronger than your other one by the time you, you know, you train it right. So that's all that was.
2: Mm. Yes, sir. So how does the body take that much pain? Because from what it sounds like, you've been doing football for as long as you remember.
1: And how do
2: you get back up and say, all right, time to go back and try it again?
1: Man, you know what? I ain't gonna lie to you. When I broke my leg, I Tyrone Pro throwed it. So if anybody that doesn't watch football who doesn't know what that means, uh, Tyrone Pro throw was an Alabama football player. He caught a pass and a defender was jumping with him. He landed on his ankle and broke both the bones and his ankle was just dangling. So I did that with my ankle. I'm not going to lie to you, for the first six months after surgery, and I was at home, my uncles and them were like, man, you got to get back in that football, man. It's going to make you stronger. I'm like, I'm not playing
2: football no more. It's over with. <laughs> no, nah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm going yeah, to play baseball. Nuts. You start wondering who God wants to just quit. Hey,
1: man. I'm talking about, Maybe I was, I was like, I'm going to play to baseball. You know, I got soccer. I could probably play golf. Um, <laughs> But, you know, we're in, we're in a Southern household, and football is always on, and I see other football players playing, and I see other people shaking back, and you know i'm talking with other friends who broke their collarbones and they out there playing and stuff like that and i'm like you know i was i was a soft kid like i said i was a nerd before i became athletic so and i say soft in the sense of like i didn't want to hurt myself again i could take high pain but didn't want to hurt myself again so that was a thing but uh what pushed me to go back even further is the love for it to be honest i mean football was my everything um yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of players are, that are in my position now are trying to find a replacement for their everything, and it's it's hard because forever we have been stuck to the practice in the morning. You know, you go through school and you look forward to practice in the evening so you can go hit somebody's favorite Man Crush Monday or something right in their mouth and do it without getting in trouble.
2: I mean, you want to say You go to for them?
1: And that's what I am telling you, if I try to run on this leg right now, I'm 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 not even gonna hurt the leg that I already hurt. I'm gonna pull my hamstring in the other leg and be done. Um but I am getting back on that fitness now, so I'm gonna see you in club four soon. Don't worry. Yeah. You ain't gonna run from me for too long. I ain't
0: running though. No.
2: I ain't going recently. I mean to be perfectly honest with you, first, honestly, uh you know me. I'm always like a clean bill of health. I don't do nothing like I never did alcohol, or no weed, yeah. nothing. Don't judge nobody, but uh oh, no judge. Never indulged in none of it. I call that vitamin D deficiency. And I was like, I'm too damn dark skinned to be not getting enough sun. It, it's, it put a mental strain on you. You'd be sitting there like, oh, I'm human again. And feeling human again has been the most humbling experience I've ever dealt with. So like, it's cool, though. Like, once you realize you have a gym crew, you sit there and you're like, I'm a five o'clock guy. I get up 4.15 every morning, go to the gym around 4.45, 5, get out around 6, and then I'm off to work. And I start missing so much. The morning crew started sending me emails and texts. Hey, y'all good? Like, what's up? So once I came back, I think I came back last week for good. Because I it takes like six weeks for the vitamins to kick in. So you sitting there like, because they told me what I, I, I spent almost a month and a half trying to figure out what the heck was going on with me. Then I figured out what was going on. And I'm like, oh, are you supposed to give me a pill? And I'm supposed to be right back on the next day. No. It takes five to six weeks for it to even like be in your system. Yeah. So... After that time, I started feeling back. When I'm back to it, it's it's not that bad. I mean, this time is a little different because I don't think I'm going there for anything other than knowing you there. Because, like, yeah. my big old oh deal, you know me. I've always been, like, mad skinny. So, like, I think <laughs> man, I've seen you over 150 pounds at this point in our life. For real, for real. Yeah. Been about,
1: Just recently, right? You, you hit 160,
2: right? No, I'm at 180. 80? <laughs> it's 181 right now, actually. Can oh, hey, hey, I see you? <laughs> You're about 192 by the end of
1: the year. Hey, man, you don't want to hit 200. Trust me, your I frame mean, is I not
0: doing
2: it. How bones be working, so I'm trying to stay between 185 and 175, staying somewhere in between there and just towing around. I mean, I got the bulk because I put on – I kept thinking to myself, oh, I put on like 40-something pounds. I mean, that's why my bones hurt. Cause mm-hmm. But it's just you when you work, I'm such a system guy. I wake up, do my stuff, and, like, sometimes in work, you work in – 12 hours a day you in the bottom of the hospital, so you're never catching sun. So it's like, I just didn't catch enough sun, and I wasn't going out. Oh. I was not balanced enough.
1: So. What we're going through, when people say, oh, I'm getting old, man, as soon as you get out of college, it's like you get old. It's because <laughs> most of us, we did athletics, So we did certain things on the side, go and play pickup games and stuff. It literally takes, like, what, three to six months. If you're not using those same muscles, they get so weak. And by the time you're like, man, I can still do it. I'm still in there. I can, I can go and do it. You go out there and you haven't been using those muscles every day like you used to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But like We used to have to practice every day. Even on the offseason, we had to work out do some type of running or something. We'll do it for fun. We'll go out and play some pickup games. So it's like as soon as you stop using those muscles for maybe two to six months in that time, range, I mean, that's a long range, but let's just say two to four months, bro. That's when it starts changing. So like
2: yeah, if we yeah, were I doing changing the reg- workout regimen altogether because you know I was a mascot in, high- in college and high school. All I'm used to doing is just sweating. It's yeah. a lot. It's not a lot of lifting or anything like that, but it's sweating. So you're like your body can never gain weight because you just are drenched in sweat after an hour because yeah. the suit's about 35 degrees hotter than whatever the outside temperature So if it's 75 <laughs> degrees outside, you're in a hundred degree suit for an hour and a half. You're drenched in sweat, mm-hmm. and so running for me, you know, I'm a track runner. No problem. I can run all day and night. Learn how to, like, lift and then eat and then lift and then recover and then ice and then this. And then when you're supposed to apply heat, when you're not supposed to, It's like a whole nother. For me, all I used to catch was runner shit for track. You run for the first week. You shitty all week. And after that, you good. You shit <laughs>
1: splints, boy.
2: But, man this lifting y'all are a whole different type of animal they right. have stuff like form trying to protect your body from legitimate injuries because we at that point where you have a kid i'm trying to start having children so it's like man, man i, I
1: mean. definitely i feel you and that that's a big motivator for men. women is a big motivator after they have the kid because they want to get back right they want to look mm-hmm. what they did before when i tell you like it really is a it's a structure so you got to have uh you got to find a schedule where you can be consistent right Mm-hmm. you got to eat properly because we're older now we're not sweating as much like that's one thing i realized is like i'm getting a little gut i can't see my eight pack like i used to right you know what i'm saying the abs are kind of going away and my chest got small so i'm like man i need to get that back but the thing is if i don't eat properly now i used to tell you know i used to tell people when i was doing normal normal people fitness you remember that mm-hmm. um you got to <laughs> eat properly you got to eat structurally yeah. like that's the hardest you know, part. It's the hardest part because even me, I'm 200 pounds solid right now. I, I'm in good shape. My health is stupendous. I got I just recently got a medical check. Um, health is fantastic. But it's like, it's still so hard for me to get the body that I want to have that I used to have because I don't run as much as I do. I don't be out in the sun and sweating and doing activities like that. Like the time like
2: you used to have. don't have the time.
1: You know, unless I was rich right now, I can just do whatever I wanted to do throughout my days. Nobody has the time to do that. I mm-hmm. can't dedicate two hours to be out on Saturdays sweating the whole time, just, just running around a field. You know, I got other things that I can doing. I can't imagine how
2: to get some cardio in. <laughs> you know
1: what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Like, you make more different cardio and it looked a little different.
1: That's a yeah. little
2: so when you when you work, it's so much easier to eat unhealthy because you're just trying to consume some quick you don't have enough time to cook a nice mm-hmm. balanced meal instead on the third. Not at all, especially (laughs) with with our jobs. As soon as we get
1: home, we got three, four hours to eat, sit around, chill, indulge with our partners. You're wrong. You got two and a half hours to indulge with your partner and then 30 minutes to figure everything. else. Yep. 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong with that. (laughs) I get get that maximum.
2: I need those extra 30
1: minutes. (laughs) To be honest, for real, if you spend that extra other hour and 30 minutes trying to do anything else, you're cutting into sleep time. So that's another major aspect for people in our, for mental health, for physical health, together yourself, get yourself into a structure, an organization, or whatever it may be as far as your life, like pretty much getting yourself, your life in a structure. Mm -hmm. It's really revolving around the sleep aspect. So me and you, we go off six hours of sleep like it was nothing five, six years ago, if that. I used to go to football, workout 6 a.m., going on four hours of sleep and go to four classes on a day and then go to practice afterwards. Get home at 8 o'clock after eating and go in a study hall. And I play the game at 2 o'clock and go right back to sleep and wake up four hours later again. I
2: can take a power nap in the middle of the day and still won't see midnight to save Mm-mm. my life. Like- I ain't
1: even going to lie to you. <laughs> if I take a nap at 4 o'clock on a, during the day, I will stay asleep until about... <laughs> if I take a nap at about four o'clock in the day, I can sleep till about eight. But the reason I can't sleep till eight is because I got an old lady. Mm-hmm. She needs to have some talk time, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I force myself to get up, but I can sleep all day. I'm not going to lie to you. No, go I'm, a I'm a napper. Look, my old lady giving me some uh, good old salad so I can eat mm-hmm. her is that a what salad is that? Where you get that from?
2: What you got
0: there? Oh, the apple salad.
2: Apple
1: salad. I'll put y'all on game. Not just that salad. I never had it, so I'm, I'm not saying like no out i will put y'all on game though. Get the Cobb salad from Chick Fil A. The avocado. Close.
2: But I like the Southwest from uh, Chick Fil A. Southwest, nice. too. Okay, we gotta get to actual topics now. So yes, sir. Parenthood. Give your story. That way. All of the million questions that I'm asked, and I just refer to you, you now have a platform. Tell me the whole process, the scariness of it, this, that, and the third. You got the whole platform to get your stuff off.
1: Sure, for sure. So in my situation, of course, I'm not going to give all the details out as far as like my personal stuff, but I'm new. I'm a new parent. So I don't know the ins and outs for everything and anything, but I will say that When you are a new parent, everyone is going to have advice for you. Everyone's going to tell you what is good and bad, what's right or wrong. But only you as a parent and and the person that you are parenting, co-parenting with, however you're doing it, or the person that's around you, helping you in your situation, only y'all know what's best in the moment. Only y'all is going to know. Only you and the person that you're with that has your child or however the situation goes, only y'all will know what's best for your child individually. You were, you know, outside sources only there for
2: like support and advice and stuff. Would you say, um, how have your parents' relationship changed now that you are a parent? Is oh, something man. a little different? <laughs> you say, oh, what you were doing now make 10 times more sense now that I'm in the same shoes? Or is it like, do you think, you do you compare yourself to them a lot?
1: Man, so, and I've always, you know, we always grew up wanting to be better than our parents. I feel like that's just a cultural thing. Like, every single generation is better than their parents. Um, but, man, it, it's changed my folks for the good. Um, I think that having the firstborn, so I, I little history behind my family. My great-grandparents are still alive. My family has kids, has had kids at a younger age. And I feel like that's another cultural thing that we'll talk about in another day. Um, but my family's young. So my great-grandparents are 88 years old. I was the first great grandchild. My son is the first great, great grandchild. And another crazy aspect of it is he looks exactly like me. Um, as much as somebody else may say, <laughs> he is 100% exactly Please like me. that baby
2: out yourself.
1: Bro, copy go and paste. Bro. I swear to god. Copy and paste. I mean it's it's kind of insane. So it's like strong genetic game, gotta love it. Um glad he's a beautiful little boy and he's not ugly. <laughs> not just messing around, but Haley told me
2: if we if our babies come out cute, we gotta see. I just better sit down because we're gonna have some more. I said, now I gotta hope for an ugly baby. <laughs> bro,
1: when I okay, another parenting aspect, males, men out there. Right. If you're a single father, you have kids and you got some beautiful kids, it will make women's ovaries explode. Like, I guess that's a good flex once you get older is having beautiful kids. Like if it, a girl sees you, she's like, hey, he has beautiful kids. Like,
2: I mean, he can make some more beautiful. Kids. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. That's what people want. They don't want ugly kids, which is that's a horrible thing to say. But then to me, there is no ugly child because somebody's child is going to always look less.
2: At first, like they coming out, the babies is ugly. I don't care what. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what nobody say. saying. it's beautiful. Every, yeah. No, every child, baby, every child. Maybe have afterbirth all on it. Nah, that's mm-hmm.
1: not. Every wrong child thing. looks rough coming out, especially when little kids you see on TikToks and stuff especially like that. The at because you know some people got
2: shake their head, the baby head be looking like a. a, a t- Man,
1: now see, right. and that's another thing, like. <laughs> My kid was born with the same cone head that I had. My baby <laughs> kid was, you know, my head is long and he had the same little long cone head. He still got his adorable, but
2: that's your baby going through, man,
1: man. But to, to answer your question, my parents, man, they have they have really banded together with this full support. You know, they let they're blessing me with the ability to stay at home, save money, you know, get situated for him and myself and my future. Um, but man, when I tell you, when I get them and I have them, you know, of course we're in the same house, but they're to the point they were, they were getting so far ahead of themselves in this situation. I mean, it's helping me out. Cause it's like, it's making it easier for me. I'm still able to spend my time with them,
2: mm-hmm. but they
1: get to the point where they like, he can just sleep with us tonight. Like you ain't got to worry about him. Just let us have him. And I'm like, no, I'm going to get my
2: time.
1: Exactly. And I'm like, ah, some days I'm like, yeah, y'all go ahead. Like it's all on you. Uh, <laughs> especially now he getting bigger and them diapers getting fuller. What? <laughs> <Boy. laughs> But, um, man, they, they have definitely stepped up and it's pulled them together because we all love them. You know, we've developed such a relationship with them in the, the short time that I do have them. And it definitely like as much as younger people who are listening to this, as much as you may think. And if you made a mistake, don't consider it a mistake. It's an accident. Things happen. but It's God's plan in the first place. Yeah, that too. Like, that's another thing. So. To to answer the first part is that your parents, as much as they say, as as frustrated as you think they will be when that little that little joker's out and about, they not yeah they taking over. They not finna to let you have one moment of breath without them. My mama and them will come in the room. And they'll be looking at them. i will just checking on y'all. She do that. She do that with us anyway, periodically. When that baby's around, she check. Man, dad got soft. <laughs> you see him. You see him holding with one hand around the house. Doing a little airplane, I do it too now. Like, we dads. we dads. We, we like to live on the edge, you know. And the, and the boy loves it. You see the little pictures when I hold him like a football, he loves it.
2: Bro, this ain't gonna hold his baby to save his life,
1: bro. He loves it though. He be laughing hard as he can, being his little T Rex outfit. Um, Maddie's folks bought
2: it when you I'm, had it, like, they're like, did you feel like a legitimate change once you were found out I'm a father?
1: Man, it didn't hit me until I had them the first time. I mean, to be honest, I broke down. That was the, the worst I've ever cried in my entire life. Like, football and losing family members is the only thing that made me cry harder, um, having to give them back. But, man, it it literally it literally changed the instant you see your child's face. And especially once they start growing up a little bit, maybe about a month in, and you start seeing that they look like you, Ooh. you know. That's when it finally, I think that's when it finally sets in. Parents going to always tell you, like, as soon as I saw you, I fell in love. You don't really feel until you see yourself in them or you see this, the silly stuff that they do. Um, but, man, once you do, once you get to that step, even as a step parent, I feel like it kind of locks you in. It's like, now I know what this is like.
0: Mm-hmm. Now
1: I'm ready to go. Now I can't sit back and, and, and sit down because I'm not just going and working to feed myself and do things for myself. I'm doing it for somebody else. You know, and it kind of preps you for what comes in the future. Even if you just see it through your friends, like through me, like. And I once he once he's a little older, and I start bringing him around, and kind of get him out the house and have a little bit more time. Like you'll see, like it just changes how you act in public. Now on the guy side, it makes you a little bit more defensive and aware. Like, you know me, like I'm alert.
2: Well, you're an older brother too,
1: so yeah, I'm also an older brother, so. I've always been ready and aggressive, but right. in this manner, it's like I can't act first before anything. Because if my ca- if my child is a casualty for my actions, then I'm going to feel horrible, you know?
2: So if you just have it, some trouble, you can
1: no yeah. longer have to, go to Yeah, top, right? exactly. So, like, yeah. you're yeah. much more cautious. Yeah. You definitely grow to be much more cautious, but you also grow and, and you grow in a, a sense of where you're like, um, I have no option but to go and get it now. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, it, it's, it's a definite life change, especially for young black males. Like in this society, we've always been told that we aren't good fathers. We don't stick around. But once you, in our situation, you sit down and take that and accept it in, in advance, it really just gives you a motivation and drive to go and push.
2: Having a partner, how does it impact parenthood? Having a partner?
1: Yeah. It doesn't, man. It helps, actually. Um so, I mean, there are difficulties here and there as far as what you want to do versus what you can do. Um, and, it's, and then it, it, like I said, it, it really isn't a problem. It's more so help, if anything, because it takes a community to raise a child. So, a you know what I'm saying? So, like, if mm-hmm. I was doing this on my lonesome, I would be, at some point in time, I would be exhausted. I will be tired. I would do it and I would love every moment, but it that would be a lot of, of additional, and which I, like I said, I can do it, but having that additional help there and the, you know, like I said, the emotion and the, the feelings behind it, I feel like having a partner is the best thing to have, especially someone who understands and who's willing to accept and learn and, and help you grow and they grow. I think it's a, it's a very positive thing that comes behind that. And it helped, honestly, it's made a lot of things stronger because um, in my sense, let's just say. How I, my situation has gone down, has made a lot of things stronger because we see that, hey, we can have a kid easy. We we feed them, we take care of them all day, we with them the whole time.
0: Yeah. And you partner yeah. also.
1: Yeah. So it's like at this point, I'm not afraid of it anymore. <laughs> I'm not afraid of it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like we them already, you know, got the hard
2: part out the way. Um, um the days you feel inadequate as a parent, how do you deal with that? Because I'm sure that comes it hasn't, to be honest, it hasn't
1: hit hard yet. Like, that that hasn't hit me just yet. Um, I think that comes along down the road once they get a little older. Like, you're like, dang, I'm not, like, I, I wasn't suited enough for this specific situation. Right now, it's all cake and butterflies because all he doing is
0: making wow. little noises.
1: Yeah. And pooping on himself eat and eating. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that that right there, I mean, I guess I actually had one day where I felt like I didn't spend enough personal time with him. And it was only, like, for two hours, like, it was nighttime, and I thought he was going to bed. He woke up, and I was playing the game. So, like, I still had my eyes on him. I had one ear out so I could hear him, and I heard him, like, moving around. So, I stopped, and I picked him up, and I set him up beside the – he liked to watch TV. So, <laughs> I set him up. Yeah, bro, he locks in. He's, like, zoned. Um, he's peaceful as can be. Don't make no movements. Don't cry, nothing. You so, I like set him hair. up. You know, yeah.
2: right. Like That's a good thing.
1: Yeah, I really have a good, a great child. So, like, that's another reason why I'm like, I really haven't had those moments yet for real. But I felt bad because, like, it was about two hours. We were sitting up chilling. And he was just sitting up there, and I was like, man, I've been playing the game, and like, I really don't see him that much. I need to get my time in, so I felt real bad, and I was like, I'm sorry, buddy. Like, let's play real quick. <laughs> probably you know, like it, he
2: probably looking like
1: this. Hey, he looking at this the whole time,
2: like that. I, I really, what well, your voice is comforting. It don't
1: matter. Right. I don't even know what you look like for real. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it. that's the only moment I've had so far. Uh, but other than that, I haven't really had too many like moments where I felt like I wasn't properly equipped for the situation.
2: I can't um, say uh, it seems like uh, your son is a, uh, you seem a little lighter on your feet. Like, it seems like you're just radiating happiness. Like, oh, my God, you got something else to go. Yeah. Do you believe your yeah. son came into your life around the exact time you needed him to or?
1: That's the thing. It, my need, wants, and needs are two separate things, right? So, did he come at the exact time I wanted him to? No, but did he come when I needed him to? Yes, because Jesus said so.
2: Amen. So,
1: I can't argue and say that he didn't come when I needed him to, because obviously he came. And as many fears and things that I felt were mm-hmm. gonna be hard for me going forward. Uh, he came when I needed him to because he showed me that all the stuff I was worried about beforehand was not the issue whatsoever. Like, it was futile. It was was baby. It was easy. Um, So, I can't even say on my own personal end, I'm moving down here. On my own personal end, I can't say that he came when I needed him to, but in God's eyes, he definitely did come when he needed to come and I'm forever thankful. How does
2: your life look different now that you're a parent? Because, I mean, How do you have time to spend with friends? Do you have time to spend with friends?
1: Well, aside from me being as far away as I am from y'all so far, I really don't really have too much time That I have, uh, at least with the the current work schedule and stuff, until things clear out, I haven't had too much time to chill and just have, like, friend times because of, I'm thinking about work, and I told you this, like, I think about work, and I have work follow me home all day, every day, so, like, you know, so the the little bit of freedom that I do have, I take time to spend with my lady and my son. You know what I'm saying? And, of course, I'm always with family, so that's another thing, too, but, like, you just don't really have too much time on the boards. We're so young and in in these careers that Time just passed us by. I
2: think that's the false beside everybody. We, we were taught, but it's wrong. And I know it sounds bad to say our parents, they should have taught us work is essential but balance is necessary. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's <laughs> Maddie Nephew, a little, little Eric. Um, but yeah, no, like I definitely think that you are not wrong at all. And I think what we we were talking about this earlier is we're groomed to believe that so that we stay cons- we we stay confident and consistent into the structure of like the workforce. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to be as optimal as we can be for work and not think about anything else.
2: That's what they would talk, though. So it's yeah. like, you can't be mad at them that they're teaching you what they thought was best. But like nowadays, uh, I tell everybody, trying to learn how to make income split in different ways and, like, not having your own time back is more important mm-hmm. than half of the money. Like, because, like, yeah. a
0: career,
2: I have an engineering degree but my job, telling I'll probably be making about 40 grand less than what I should, but yeah, I do lack in money and I'm not really hurting at all. Yeah. You I'm having, having time. I have having peace of mind. I got time. I mean, for me, learning to take PTO and not having to explain why. Like I'm on vacation right now. I was like, hey, no, my girl on spring break. I'm on yep. spring break. We're relaxing. Like, or I used to be so would let my job affect because my girlfriend lives four hours away from me, so i am
0: mm-hmm.
2: like, Oh, this is a hard Friday, love. I can't come in because I got to get this stuff done right now. Learning it can wait till Monday if it needs, yep. to. yeah, yeah. Give you a lot of time, take the time, but you know, with us being a black man, you got to be the first person in, last person out. And if you think if you slip up one time, you swear it down, they're gonna fire you, or they're gonna judge you for it, or it makes you really lazy. But I think to myself if my white counterpart friends or peers can take a day off or let it wait till the morning, what makes me any less adequate to wait till the morning? So I don't know. But even with me, I still suffer. about. I don't really have time for – I don't have time for friends. I don't make the time like I used to. Just yep. In a relationship like me, I'm probably about a month away, give or take, from engagement. Mm-hmm.
1: you know what i'm saying and that that's another thing too is that pretty much all of us are in relationships now too mm-hmm. so like as much as i be feeling bad i'm like dang i wish i had more time to hang out with these people or that people like my single friends like man i wish i had more time i can go out with them or like go to their house and stuff but it's like one i live about 40 minutes away from the closest friend so mm-hmm. that's no not I, like i told you
2: i'm like right on that best molecular so line
1: yeah, I did. I did. the. I, I tracked where y'all were. I know what apartments y'all are in. Well, somewhat. You don't have to back in a Lakeshore. I tracked yeah. it from Lakeshore. I'm 35 minutes away. I'm bro, I'm, I'm a 25 minute drive from Tuscaloosa.
2: Jeez. Yeah, I'm far. So. Yeah. so <laughs> yeah. Also, me and you are the first out of our friend group to be in different relationships outside of the friend group. So that does have an effect on. Friend group. I tell everybody, sometimes friendships are based on convenience at a certain point in time. Mm-hmm. It's I'm just now learning and having to deal with as a friend when life hits us, that's when you really can show if you're a friend or not. Like yeah. you and I weren't super close. but Once the sun came around, it changes the aspect of the things that people are arguing about. Yeah. And at the time, it seemed real big until something else changes. Or exactly, My other best friend, Jerome, we were at ends for small reasons, but he gets sick. It changes things. You're fighting over something, you could lose your friend. It makes you and COVID in general. Yeah. You know, a lot of people pop, popping out like flies. It's like man. half the stuff you mad at is probably could be solved in a simple conversation. But exactly. man ego and fear and judgment that you believe will be there. If your friend will be there to judge you the rest of your life, then I guess that really ain't a friend. But mm-hmm. there's a difference also between a friend judging you and trying to guide you as well. So learning what is which end of the seesaw, which one isn't. Yep. Why is my friend doing certain things like this? Figuring out if your friends is an op or not. It's a, your, your own mental, and your own ego will get in the way of a lot of just having a conversation. Hey, man, yep. do you think I'm this person? Why do you think I'm this person? It <laughs> all
1: it all some it all comes around maturity. So, (laughs) you know, and and to be honest, none of us, none of us have been mature until we've had some real big life events happen. And really, none of us have really had really big life events happen. I had a, a, a somewhat of a big one. You know, the child is considered one of the biggest life events you can have, but I still got a lot of life events left to go. And I plan to make those life events soon, too. I'm right there with you. And it's like the main thing I've grown to learn as far as I've come to peace with is that like. Your friends who are truly your friends gonna come back to life. You know, they gonna come it, it may come to a point where we stop talking for months or a year, like me and Haver, you know, as as close as we have always seemed to be. Mm-hmm. Me and Haver, we weren't talking for about two to three years or four years at one point, maybe longer than that. It, I, get you know <laughs> what I'm saying? And our relationship grew a little distant just because we didn't see each other. You know, he lived in Irondale, and now that's really a trek for me. Yeah, So that's
2: an hour and a half trip. Man,
1: so it's like, we haven't really hung out as much as we wanted to. We used to be the closest of friends back in the day. Um, In elementary school, before we met all y'all, like, there was just us three. So it was like, as close as we were, we separated, and we just came back one day. It was all organic, and like, that's how you know, I feel like to me, that's how you know you have a true friend. Because I know everybody going through stuff right now, and like you were saying, so many little things coming between us that... And, it, and I'm just saying in us in general, like so many things come in between relationships as far as friendships in the little short run of life that we do have. It, it's not that long. But while we're younger, we take those things so heavy. But the real friends don't come back at the end of the day and be like, you know what? All that stuff, we're going to squash it, bro. That wasn't even important. Or, man, we were arguing or we were separated because of this type of issue here. Man,
2: the hardest hard part about being a man is waking up and telling yourself. Half the stuff they're judging you for could be true. How do you make it no longer true? Facing yourself and facing your own demons is probably the hardest judgment anybody wants to deal with. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to give the pressure on somebody else judging you. Well, they don't know me. Well, you don't know yourself. So if you don't know yourself, half their judgments could be true because you can't even defend yourself because you don't know yourself. I've had to learn that getting away, moving out, trying something new that – you got to learn who are you, because God is very funny. He'll run you right back into the same problem you've been running away from.
0: Oh, yeah. How
2: you deal with it, or you'll begin the lesson all over again and another lesson.
1: Yeah. And my thing on it is, and that that's that's pretty much how I had to do I had to sit down and look in the mirror. A lot of society nowadays, especially if you let social media tell you, a lot of these people with their opinions and all these likes on these posts and what they be saying, people don't look in the mirror. People, yeah. like you said, you, if you don't know yourself, if you don't know what your worth is, how can you go and judge someone else? You're yeah. lost. That's false guidance. That's false. That's false teaching. Right. There's an excerpt in the Bible. I can't quote it directly because I don't remember the chapter of it. But you can't go out and preach to someone in any type of manner on any type of subject like that when you don't know yourself entirely. Right. You can be saying something, telling people well, they need to do this, they need to do that. But you're doing wrong yourself. I'm a culprit. We're all culprits of it. Everybody is. Yeah, you can't tell it. someone to do better when you're not doing better, right? That's just. When
2: you to, people should stop telling people to do better, but say, "Hey, I'm trying to do better. You should try doing the, trying the same." Because if you fail, if you try, you try. Yeah. But be honest with yourself. You know if you're telling if you're really trying if you're half-ass trying. Exactly. I catch myself a lot of times half-ass trying, and I also realize. Like, now in my relationship, I was half-assing it probably the first five, six months. Then I started to get a little bit more serious, but my biggest issue was I was trying to coat up my half-assing so much to where my good activity would have kept running into my half-ass activity. Yeah. Now it's like that transformation of, no, no more half-assing it. Be full-fledged in it. Be transparent. Make yourself a little uncomfortable. Have your phone open every now and then. Give the password. If something in there, they don't need to be in there. Don't be mad that she caught you. Be mad that you have something in there. It's just, uh, also, you're going to yep. mess up sometimes. And if you mess up, please be the first person to tell your partner you messed up. Yep. someone else telling your partner you messed up, literally has ended some of our relationships, and it can end a million more. Yep. Like, all, we're all in that boat. Up, please be the first person to tell your partner that you screwed up. You yep. might get away with a lot more, by telling them first, cause if somebody else tell it to them, no, that was over with.
0: Help.
2: It's a whole nother energy you could project. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's a hard being that person, be like, yeah, no, nah, I'm I might look great to a million people. I might look great. I mess up. I'm I'm just as guilty as any other man and social media got the same Instagram Explore page as yours. So mm-hmm.
0: I had to, it wasn't
2: until probably recently now I don't really see much on my explore page other than puppies. Grilling and then podcasts everywhere because I, podcast. I see dreadlock videos. <laughs> like, as you know I'm in the process it's right now. Tell you what type of man you is? Yeah, that explore <laughs> plays will definitely show what what what. Thought. I don't know if anybody on spring break right now because my algorithms is not
1: doing it no more. Mm-hmm. I swear.
2: I tell I'm you off. what. The, I know how to reverse
1: sear a steak at this point. <laughs> hey, reverse it a mug out of. I know how to sear three different types of ways at this point. I've been seeing so many cooking videos. Like, babe, can I
2: try that? She's like, go
1: ahead. I want to try hey. some brisket. <laughs> Wait, I've been waiting to cook some brisket. For, I don't have a grill right now, so I can slow base because I want that charred, but they got the little, like, charring, it's a little sauce you can pour in on your meat and rub it in to give it that brisket charred slow. effect. Yeah, liquid smoke. I don't know. It might be something else. It ain't liquid smoke, right. Liquid the smoke right. just gives that taste. It's something that you can actually pour on the meat on the meat to give it that charcoal look. And I'm like, I want the real burn. You know what I'm saying? I like burnt ends. <laughs> I, I like my hot dogs burnt. Burn. I need that actual crust that uh, has been crucified.
2: OK, so when did it hit you that you started to become your own problems rather than. You just thought you had bad luck because you did say that early in the episode that at one point you just thought you kept having bad luck. And when did you realize that the people who were probably forewarning you weren't bad karma, but they were legitimately good karma? Like, did it click? Like, what happened?
1: So what happened with me, (coughs) excuse me, what happened with me was um, really just sitting down and writing myself in the mirror and experiencing the pain on someone else's hand. As a result of my actions, um, that's when I realized, like, man, maybe I should take a different approach to life. Maybe I should start doing some things different. You don't really realize the effect that your actions have on other people until you do them, right? Or
0: and, they're not up to you.
1: Yeah, or they're not up to you. And and it happens and it's at a result of your hand. You don't understand what your actions can do until you see that first data. Some people are just wicked out there. They see the results and they thrive off of it. They love it. They're like, I need that to happen again. i do it again. Like there are certain actions that happen from what you do. There's always a cause and effect, right? And I think what happened with me, and this this is different for everyone. Not everyone's going to have a cause and effect realization like I did, but I, I experienced just a few causes on my behalf and the effects from those. And I realized that, man, I don't want to do this no more. Like, I've been wasting so much energy trying to do this cause and working for this cause. And this effect has been not the ideal and not what I want people to remember me as. And I sat back and thought about, like, man, in 20 years, nobody's going to think about the things we did in high school, things we did in college, the things we did while we were 25. They're going to look at what did you do while you were 25, while you were in high school, while while you were in college. What did you do to get to where you are now? So if I'm just mediocre, I'm coming up with some basic dad clothes and I don't got nothing going and I'm working day to day and I can't go travel with y'all and stuff and I'm 40 years old and y'all like, "Man, like what's going on? You you need some help?" Like, you know, did you did you not get everything situated back then? What's going on? People are going to ask questions then about that. They're not going to ask you, "Man, what happened with you and this person? What did you do?" Nobody cares about that, right? They only care about what's going on in the current state. So I told myself they're like, "Man, what have I been doing these past few years that's gonna set me up to where I'm 40 and somebody that's an old high school classmate comes up to me and looks at me as like, I want some, I don't want a person to come up to look at me, like, oh, KJ, what's up, man? He, he looks like he's doing good. You know, he ain't doing much, he's just working down at the old shop down there. I don't want that. That's how our parents had to work and live. I want somebody to see me out on the street and they knew me from high school, but they're like, damn, he looks like he's doing something great. They come up and they they come out of their way to come and say, hey, man, what's up, man? KJ, how you been,
2: man? Long time no see. What's going on? What are you doing? You know, uh, Nick Brown said something to me recently. My uh, uncle plays flag football over at the uh, New Athletic Fields. Mm. And, like, me and Nick weren't close or friends at all. Like, we really ran a completely different service. But he said, you know, I've been watching you probably since you went through college. And he's like, "You did it. Like I'm, I'm proud of you." He's like, I, "I, know it might not mean much, but I'm proud of you because he said I've seen how you maneuver, and it's honorable because you really took the good route." And I'd be sitting there like, "I appreciate that," but just probably some, I've had some bumps and bruises, and I promise you, I'm a gracie guy person because everything, like I, till this day, I have like stuff falls in my lap. But it wasn't until my previous relationship, I hit that bump, and my family said. We're kind of glad you hit the bump because you've been trying to be Superman so long. Yep.
1: Yeah. That's funny, bro. They said the same
2: from- <laughs> yeah, thing. like my family was like, "Yeah, we know you were screwing up because you're trying to be perfect. <laughs> like yes, that's your problem. So- like there's no such thing as a perfect person. Like you can't be perfect for everyone all the time, every time. <laughs> Sometimes you're gonna have to disappoint certain people." for yourself, for your own peace of mind. You're gonna have to hurt some feelings. You're gonna have to leave somebody behind. You're gonna have to say no to something for your own self, because if not, it's gonna catch up to you and it will catch up to you. And then you sit there and you trying to pick up pieces. And I tell everybody like, for me, it was the best thing that ever happened to me, losing a relationship and gaining something new because I gained myself. Like I lost, I lost probably somebody I care about genuinely. No lie. But I did gain a new job, apartment, new vehicle, new perspective on life, yeah. a new chance at love, you know, just new independence and yeah. a new way of looking at my life. So I was able to use my screw-up as a trajectory to propel me to a whole nother level. But I can't sit here and say I couldn't have got to the level I'm at without screwing up. So
0: yeah, is like...
2: I might would have thought I wanted to like take it back, but no, not really. I needed it to happen because if it don't happen the way it didn't, that something, it might've been something more catastrophic for me to click it than what yeah. had actually happened. So in my head, I'm like, and now since you screwed up, like everybody wants to put on this, I tell you, I call it a uh, Instagram life. Like it's just, you presenting the best. You're going to screw up. I got in great shape, but I screw up all the time <laughs> Yeah, I like to eat grilled food, but I sure as hell love a red velvet cheesecake and will hold them damn cake by myself. They're so it's like it. <laughs> growing up ain't so bad no more. Like knowing when you, my biggest fear when I was screwing up was wondering would my brothers be with me because I was screwing no? Would they no longer be with me because I was screwing up, or would they hold it down because I'm screwing up and let me know they still love me and care for me? Mm-hmm. And I ran away from even asking the question, so I probably ran away from a certain fan, a friend group in a genuine in a genuine sense and now i'm like well if you're my brother you're gonna love me like yeah. beef or not when jerome got sick first day in the hospital i'm there in the hospital because yeah. it's, it's just it's your brother it don't matter what happened like when
0: yeah
2: i hadn't cried probably until he got sick when he got sick and like, he told me boo like a baby and that made me realize we beefing quote-unquote but I hear you sick and I start breaking down, crying like a little baby. Are we really beefing? Or are you a brother legitimately? And
1: I, I think it showed me, like I, in that same scenario, it showed me that all the stuff that we've been going through, we had, so, you know, we ain't have a lot of beef. Ain't nobody doing anything crazy in our groups. It ain't nothing like we fight, finna get ready to fight or shoot or kill right. each other, nothing like that. But when Jack passed, R.P. Jack, Um, You know, our relationship with, at least on my side, and I have no beef with him. He don't have no beef with me. It's just because of the collective of what we're doing without this one person. I won't mention our name on or nothing, because like I said, it ain't no bad blood. But our friends from Homewood, there's two people that we met through Homewood that we had some fallouts with. Basically, just stopped hanging out and we haven't been talking. Like I said, it ain't no bad blood or nothing crazy. It's just we fell out. And when he passed, we were all there. The first, the first weekend that we all got together, everybody was there, right? Um, unfortunately, you were there. You were in school still, so that sucks. But it's co- it's okay. I um,
0: mm-hmm. love it. Um,
1: so we were all there, and. Um, you know, and it was it was a moment. Like, we were like, man, let's squash this life too short. And it's like, if you can do that then, you know, why can't we do that in the midst of it? Why can't we do that? It's because we're so blinded by what's in the now. And we think that the now is forever, that we can't see forever. You know how many relationships our parents have had where this person did this person wrong. This person used to do this to this, to, this, to that person, but they made up and they realized that none of that stuff actually mattered. They don't even talk about it. And now they're the best of the friends. Like, that's when I realized it's like, you know, I got to sit back. I got to pull myself back and, and, and really evaluate what I am, am, like, am putting priority to, basically. I'm up here, stuttering. I pretty much got to start changing my priorities and my perspective on things. And once you get a perspective change in life, that's when you can really elevate. You just got to start putting things in motion. So that's what, you know, technically we've both been doing, all of us for real, just trying to put certain things in motion. Some people have taken a little bit longer than the others, and that's okay. You got to realize what lane you're in. Some people might be in a fast lane, getting achievements, getting Of getting a high income job right now Mm -hmm. i'm in the middle lane i'm still driving i'm gonna get there too i'm just not gonna get there as fast as you i ain't driving a porsche like you are speeding down the highway i'm in a a four-door toyota avalon right now
0: you
1: know what i'm saying i'm 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 taking my time and i'm gonna get there when i do i'll see you at the beach you know we all going to the same destination i'm just gonna take a little bit longer Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is a lot of society blinds people to that. Everybody thinks that they need to be in that Porsche or that Lambo and they need to be speeding it through it. But the thing is, is like, and that's another reason why, you know, like we were talking about early relationships in general, like how I kind of steered away as, as well, aside from going to college, college is a real big friend steer away. <laughs> I'll tell
2: you what. Mm-hmm. That that square turns to a circle and then it turns to a speck of dust.
1: Mm-hmm. Cause it, you just, you're so far away. You know what I mean? So it's like for us, um <clears throat> that, that was kind of the hinker in there, but it's all gonna come back together and be more structured once everybody gets on their feet, just because you got to let people get that blind side that's out of their way. Everybody is blind about what we see.
2: Like right? now I've come to realize going back, if we are to ever get like our friend group completely back, I don't have to come back hoping that y'all would be who y'all were. I gotta come back hoping to see that y'all are y'all are something evolved. Exactly, y'all like, spend that time trying to hold on to that fleeting image again, high school buddy. But once you've gone through college and life, you dealt with relationships, you dealt yeah. with learning how to purchase a home, you dealt with trying to get your cars refinanced, what the hell a credit report matters to, <laughs> certain things you got to say no to, certain Man. locations you can't go because you just are on a whole other trajectory of stacking, yeah. making sure you're like learning that is difficult. Because it's, you are so engulfed with trying to hold on to something. And Will Smith said this, and it was funny. I know everybody's smacking him up and down right now. But. <laughs> but smacking. I'm tired <laughs> <out. laughs> 10 Let's,
0: out of 10.
2: 10 out of 10. Uh, so he said, when you are in a relationship and it's going bad, you got to learn how to let that relationship die and start a brand new relationship. If you're still chasing what's already a dead relationship, you're just chasing death. So if I'm chasing my friends to be the same people who they were pre-involving and growing, I just want to follow a dead relationship. Nobody is the same. I mean, in high school, I had a goatee. You had a normal- No <laughs> facial <for> hair. <laughs> you like, oh, no facial hair. Sorry. Hey. Hey, man, listen. <laughs> I mean, it's just like all of our friends- None of us are the same. And we were still living at our parents' house. So we still weren't grown. We swapped down, we grown and doing grown things and sneaking out. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean we weren't grown. Hey, now fun
1: fact. I ain't never snuck out the house. I fun fact. Hey. I definitely use your house as a place to get some cutthroat. Hey, look. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Hey. Hey, yeah. you know, it's part of the game. <laughs> I, mean, I, like, I was a good kid. I just, I wanted to be a bad kid. I wanted to be cool. Somebody I never heard
2: about you recently. One of my old said she said, I hated that he wanted to chase me and somebody who truly wasn't. And I said, yeah, that's KJ. I love your pieces, but you could sometimes, man. you are in with making sure everybody sees you in a light that is, uh, I guess, appealing. And sometimes, like, you really, like, you're that guy without having to present it more times than you know. And and that's what I was
1: about to say. I think more so it's just like, that's just who, like, I, we we talked about this a while ago. I have the chosen child role placed on me and my family, mm-hmm. right? Like, all the weight of the family lies on my shoulders. So having to deal with everyone else's stresses and traumas and all of this stuff like that, I suck in so much that I, I, I feel like I'm the pinnacle of, of, All everyone else's negativity. Mm -hmm. If I'm negative responding back to that, that's not going to do anything for anyone. So I always want to be the light in the room if I can, because I at least want to bring somebody laughter. And I don't want to, and I've learned that at some point in time when I was younger and more immature, that I did that at the detriment of other people's like Peace during the time. I like it never got to the point where like I'm rushing somebody and being extra and stuff like that in front of some girls and ruining the vibe for them. But I did in a sense of let's just say if we were all out and about when we were younger, I would dip out because you know what I had to play. So it's like I'm ruining my time, trying to like I at least show up to the party with my boys. We turn up for a little bit, then I go. But I, and then I can go and satisfy this over here and this and that. But. It, I really was doing that at the detriment of the friendship time that I would have had all those years beforehand, mm-hmm. and it showed because y'all, you know, like not I ain't gonna say y'all, but like I got some responsive feedback saying like, "Bring you Don't never hang! Like you always be dipping out to go do this, do that," and it's like, man, I'm trying. I'm just trying to have fun and do everything that I can for everybody, and it's like, it really has at one time? Yeah, and that's that's my that's always been my deal is that like I try to please everyone that I'm around because you know, <clears throat> especially now it's like I, I still do the same thing. I. I have a, I have dreadlocks, and professional world doesn't see that as professional. I had a recent photo shoot down in Mobile a year ago where I'm taking photos for a wedding. I'm a photographer. I have experience. I have a page to show you a portfolio. I'm legit. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting some type of assistance for these. I ain't finna talk, you know. Yeah, uh
2: many is blessings.
1: You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I got out of the car and this dude that owns, the, or that's in the Homeowners Association. He's not even the head. He's not even in the staffing of the Homeowners Association. He's just eyeballing me outside and I pull up to the place and I'm just talking in there and the dude comes to the front door and talks to one of the people that rented the Airbnb out, the wedding couple, and says that, hey, I don't know what's going on over here. You got some black guy with with looks like he's selling drugs coming out here to this place. And I'm like, are you serious? Like I'm the the least... Blackish guy in that sense, I'm not coming to sell no drug. I'm coming to take my photos from what I'm paid for, what I'm working for, like, and it's just like, you know, society is going to always judge you off of character and who you truly are, and I try to make sure that wherever I'm at, people always see that, hey, he's not that bad, especially somebody that's not a person like me, right? Everyone's different, and as much as we want to try to avoid it in society, race, it groups people automatically, because we all know what it feels like to be in our skin.
0: True.
1: I don't know what it feels like to be in a white person's skin. I don't know what it feels like to be in a Mexican person's you skin. No matter how many white exactly. right.
2: women I date or
1: distantly. The- I will never, I will never know what it's like to be in a skin. They will no. never know what it's truly like to be in ours. True. So it's like the only way that I feel like I can help humanity and, and I guess Having to format my my personality and who I am now is pull back on the funny and silly and unimportant side of how I was trying to portray myself because it's like more so we were just young. I was ignorant. I had muscles, a lot of testosterone. Majority <laughs> of majority of my light shining was just me being the, the strongest head in the room. Like I know I'm untouchable. Y'all can't mess uh, with me. No? Yeah,
2: yeah, you definitely put that. We can fight now. Here he go. He knows
1: you know. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. So I may have been a little too aggressive with y'all in the past. I I apologize for all 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 the wrestling that I did. Um, You know what I'm saying? So I apologize for that. And I've realized that I can change that by just showing people how articulate that I can be and showing them that, hey, not all black dudes are bad. Some of them make mistakes. Some of them do this, do that. Doesn't matter what their hair looks like. They can have dreadlocks. That's the same weight as if Kyle had freaking long flowy hair and he had his hair pulled back in the bun. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter. This person knows what they're talking about. and i can cold switch really good too so this person knows what they're talking about this person knows how to speak to people and this person also has education behind their mind they're not one of them you know what i'm saying i'm not one of them i can cold talk i can cold switch quick and i want to always
2: always, you know brother he gets on me about that he's always like you know i know what your cause is i know who you really are looking out for. But I catch myself sometimes thinking that you on the other side that you are so engulfed with you got the good life so much you don't really know what your struggles are. Or I mean, to the average man, I probably am one well, who's one astray, I'm a African-American engineer, the only African-American in my region in the yeah. Southeast. I'm the only Black American. I'm young, Caucasian girlfriend, soon to be fiancé. They probably think I don't know a drop of a black person's problem. And I'm like, listen, when I get pulled over, I got pulled over recently, coming up. Uh, and it wasn't even my fault. My company didn't send in my car tag right. Man, and I was wearing scrubs. I kid you not. The officer pulled me over, saw me in my scrubs, and still had that sideway holster, looking just to make sure I ain't mess up. And he's like, uh, "Do you know why you pulled me over?" "No, sir, I don't." I'm scared though. And my girlfriend, look, I was finna to get off the phone with my girlfriend. I got pulled off. She said, no, sir, stay on the phone with me. That's still known fear that I'm in my work car, didn't do nothing wrong, and the cops still scared, let me know every single day, no, you still black. I tell everybody, yeah. I still deal with our problems, and it don't matter. It, it doesn't matter if you think you got – there's no getting away from my skin tone. It
1: mm-hmm. don't
2: matter how much money I extra, it don't matter how much knowledge I extra. I might be 10 times better than every man in that room. My skin tone pushed me at a different level and I'm viewed in a different way. Now I can either sit here and give up on that or I can just say, screw it. It is what it is. Let me keep working through it. So I'm at that point now. I'm like, I'm just willing to work through a lot of the stuff I go through.
1: Yeah. And that points back to finding your why, basically. That's what a lot of people don't know. They don't know their why. They just go through life and just live it and have fun but it comes to finding your why so like you said you can't escape that skin tone no matter what your wealth is no matter what you've done remember lebron james is the greatest one of the greatest basketball players in all times you know what i'm saying i still i still got it at mj kobe dan lebron just because of of, of, of sad i love kobe now i used to hate mm-hmm. on him i remember you know you used to talk about him all the time you know, kobe was fine actually kobe's sitting
2: right in front of my face
1: you know what I'm saying? Now, nah, I ain't gonna like Kobe might be number three and LeBron done jumped him just recently because LeBron has been doing his thing now. Yeah, so I'm just saying. But it comes to finding your why because there are people, when LeBron was talking politics, you know, a celebrity that many millions of young black kids, young kids in general look up to, this lady on the news channel told him to just shut up and dribble the ball. Like he's not a citizen of the United States like he doesn't have the right to speak on politics. Dance, that's, man. When, that's your job. You know what I mean? And that's when I realized that, like, man, there are a lot of people that look like me. They got their hair locked up like me. They got, you know, things and confusion and trying to figure out what they want to do that look like me that have no type of direction. And then the outside world is looking at them like, you're not going to be anything. And if you are, you're going to be an athlete. And that's it. And just shut up and play sports. You, we don't need your opinion on anything. It was like... I want to be my message now, especially is that I want to be a positive environment for whoever is around me. I want them to feel my aura. We're all energy. We're all beings and we live off of an electronic heartbeat. Basically, there's electrical pulses that keep this thing going because you don't control this when you go to sleep. There's other things that do. So we're all masses of energy. If I can always be positive energy any in any room that I step in then I feel like I can only do nothing but bring back light and positive energy to me too, right? So I have a son now and he's going to grow up with this same brown skin. And as we said before, can't nobody teach anybody how to be a certain type or certain person unless they are that person or truly know that person. There are a few that truly know us. That Miss Jane Fonda, I think is her name, that, that teacher that was teaching all the ethical, historical classes like that in African-American. Class. She knows us. I would give her that. She knows us. She crazy. You got to watch them videos if y'all never seen them. <laughs> she is insane. But um, I have a son now who's going to have my same caramel skin. And as light skin as I am, I got the same treatment as you. It don't matter how bright you are, if you got any type of this in you,
2: you got a little you note know, card. If you're moving in a little straight, hey, we got to presume until we exactly. can.
1: And I got a son now that's going to grow up in this same world. And it's getting as much as we think we're progressing, things are only getting tougher and tougher as we continue to progress. Now I have a son that I have to teach my ways on top of teach or have him learn the other ways, right? Mm -hmm. I have to teach him that you're still going to be this at the end of the day. I was the same color as you when I was born. Now look at me. I'm not dark, dark, but I'm not bright, bright. Yeah, I'm dark. So, (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with either option wherever you sit at, but you have to know that there are consequences just by holding this on your skin, just by holding this on your value. So, I have to grow. To be able to affect people around me, to respect people that look like me, mm-hmm. even if they don't talk like me, even if they're in a the higher or lower place than me in mm-hmm. whatever position you call in life. My goal is to be the best person that I can be and show that, hey, I'm on the same level as you. And if I'm not, I'm going to make you feel like I'm way better than you. So that way you don't belittle me behind my back. And then when my son gets older, your sons don't try my son because my son will beat y'all sons' ass. I'm going <laughs> to teach them how to do that <laughs> for like, sure. Oh,
2: listen, you got to intelligent them thing and it's not pissing yeah.
1: Yeah, no, you're going to be the physical, too, because that's what I had to do. Like, I ain't want nobody talking about my damn head anymore. So, I was like, I'm going to get big on y'all ass, and then we're going to see if y'all keep talking about it. Oh, so your it.
2: head start matching your body size,
1: now you feel right. Man, man. <laughs> hey, you saw how the jokes stopped coming, because in middle school, it was horrible. I went home crying one day. I never told nobody this. It was Faulkner, man. Faulkner and Uzezi rushed me hard enough at lunch one day, and I couldn't do nothing but sit there for, like, 30 minutes getting rushed. We home looking like uh, Cuba home man, I was so mad, bro. I went home, I was no, like... You.
2: I was Ooh. like, what? I didn't even fight him yet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, I like, That boy hit that summer workout and said, oh, yeah, what your
1: jokes was?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. shut up.
1: It, it wouldn't even. I mean, the joke still came, but they definitely came, shut off a little bit because if people kept joking on me. And what I do is I just start resting. I'm like, what's up? You going to keep talking? All right. You going to keep messing with me? And now I felt empowered. That's the worst thing that a young boy can feel is they know I for sure know they're you. stronger than a, a couple of people. They know for sure that they can do what they need to do to stop people from hurting them in a sense. So like it was definitely a sense in that. And I don't want my son to have to go through that, but I want him to learn that genetically you are a god. And I'm going to show you how you can activate that. But I also want to show you how you activate this. So mm-hmm. that way this doesn't overtake that. And you go out there and do something stupid. And now you locked up. I want you to be better than me. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of things like that, that, that have really locked me in over the past couple of months, Yeah, yeah the past I'm year. 26 years
0: old.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Wait, no, we're 25 still. I'm
1: 25. So he'll be, he'll be, I'll be 45 when he's 20. Boy, you to get you some Bengay and icy hot. Oh, I ain't gonna need it. I'm gonna keep. That's why I'm keeping this workout routine up. I'm gonna okay, start doing that. So you think you gonna push your
2: child to do sports, or you gonna
1: be like, nah? I'm gonna push them to do sports, and I think kids see what their fathers, that especially a young boy, he sees what his father has done as far as sports or what he likes to watch. So him just being around me watching football, I want to. I really want to get him in that baseball because I was good at baseball. I just never did it because you know in high school they really kind of made you. Tr- figure out what sports you want to do type oh, of deal to take it to college.
2: Good old boys club knew who they wanted by the time they were at seven years old. And mm-hmm. it's just a system where you work in, and if you're not in a good old boy club, you can be the most athletic person possible. Exactly. is already predetermined, and it's it's just a scam. So. Yeah.
1: So, I and I think it kind of affects my decision in the sense of I don't think I will push into sports, but I think I would love my like, I'm gonna give my son baseball bat and stuff like that when he's younger to let him play outside with. And if he likes that, that's cool. If he wants to stay in the house and play with Transformers, that's cool too. You know, as long as he. He's a nerd to the fullest, or he's able to kind of juggle both lives in the sense or be an athlete and still handle his business and it goes far. Like I don't want to just him claim him he's an athlete and he just play high school football third string and that's it. Like, no, we're going we're gonna make sure your grades are right too. And I will also support you on that field, even if you don't play. But if
2: you have your GPA high enough and you got enough of the body build, you can go and play sports at any college you want. You can play at Alabama, and as long as you six foot two, 210, but if you got a 3.5 GPA and half of your school paid for by af- academics, athletics will give you a scholarship pass than a person they got to give somebody a full ride for. Yeah.
0: They, <coughs> excuse
2: me. They need the athletes. Well, they only got so many scholarships. You only mm-hmm. have, like, let's say 100 scholarships. Well, no, not even. Football it's might probably- get. 30 scholarships total and you get 30 scholarships, hundred athletes. You have to split that money somehow. Some athletes are going to get the full ride. Some might need to have an academic little help so they can put you on. You have yeah. to be profitable. That's even in the athletic world. Or yeah. you could be athletic like you and had a great time. then mess <coughs> up and still not getting in strictly based off. They can't afford to keep you on the team.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I think, I'm just, a lot of a lot of young athletes and parents that that are in this space now don't understand that that's a huge importance. A lot of everybody want their kid to go D1. But the thing is, like you said, it adds extra value to you and it helps you because if I didn't have grades, if I didn't have my grades situated, I had a 3.0 with a 30 on my on my on my super scored ACT, right? Mm-hmm. If I didn't have that and I just relied on football, where would I be? You know, I would I would have had to go to UAB or go to Just State or go to my, well, ain't nothing wrong with these institutions at all. But I would have had to go to a smaller school, but I had to pay for my school because I wouldn't be on scholarships and football didn't work out. So I would probably still be trying to get that grind on football and really unfocused as far as a, a major and what I want to do. And didn't really go to an accredited school. Now I got to go back to school with debt in my pocket and not a good, you know, like, Grades are important, and I definitely don't want no... Not, what, we're, what we're experiencing now with these younger kids, these kids that are in their 10s and and, and 10, 15 years and younger, is that their parents didn't have the time to truly take care of them, truly show them how to read a book and write and use cognitive thinking and skills. Critical thinking and stuff is not a thing anymore. We see it in society. We see it on social media. Yeah. Nobody can think properly. That's because parents and really older people Have not taken the time to really learn that stuff. I don't want my kid to be no dumbass out here that has no cognitive sense and gets offended by everything. Like I'm, I'm a person that I respect a lot of people and a lot of things, but there are some things I feel like you know they're they're give and take. There are extremes, and then there are certain things where, right now in society, we are so focused on stuff that's not really beneficial, and I don't want to have a kid that's going to be focused on the wrong things in life because it's just so everywhere and it's that's the only thing people care about. I want my kid to be structured and have the same oh, kind yeah, of principles yeah. we yeah. grew up You don't know. think they have a
2: cell phone until they are seventeen? Yeah. In
1: my mm-hmm. case, he's gonna have to have one so I can Facetime him and stuff like that. In like, sense, you
2: but. on that aspect. Like you remember how we started the social media and we got influenced. Still to this day, we are still all. I yep. still, like I've gotten so it's just now that I've got to that level. I'm like, oh, the matter of likes don't really matter. I mean, yep.
1: Because I used to be the same way. If I wouldn't get 100 likes or more, that'd be taken to take it down.
2: <laughs> well, Notice, like, in a relationship, your know, numbers drop. Why does it matter at this point? I'm like, bro, if my numbers drop, I'm happy, ain't it? it <laughs> yeah. Ooh, these 100 the people who don't really actually care I ain't going to make a difference in my exactly. happiness. Get over it. Like, but we we still fight with that. And we were we had a world where we went out to the green little light electricity box and played. Yep. These kids have virtual everything at this point.
1: Kids I don't, don't I, Kids don't I, have them detox I at the green I electric box no more.
2: Like mental health, that's the hardest thing I think I'll, as a parent, to face that seems more difficult to me than anything. Because we know how to provide, but how do you mentally keep a kid strong in this yeah. generation or this I guess area? Because it's like, how do you teach that? Because we still had not figured it out. We still <clears> are, I can't sit here and lie like I'm not affected a little bit by social media. Like I don't wake up and go, oh, dang, that's what somebody said on Snapchat. Oh,
1: yeah. oh. Mentally, the mental aspect is definitely getting to become a thing because there's so many changes in, in, in the world that we're experiencing now. And I feel like um, you kind of got to start learning how to mentally handle yourself because a lot of critical thinking in America comes from mental now. So it comes before what you've been thinking, how you process things and how you respond. So so our importance as parents and in our generation for the generation going forward is to show them, you know, show kids how to mentally process, how to care about things, how to respond and react and how to how they should think our generation. We didn't think about that mental shit. <laughs> we were, you got to be hard. You got to be a man. Well, and you you got to take care of you and your, your
2: mental health. Like, if you were more yeah. physically healthy than you are mentally yeah. you could make it by. Like, you might, like, hey, you want not fight me, though? And yeah. then you say, You right. (laughs) Nowadays, you get sued. You fight somebody. Exactly. You can't
1: go out and be physical anywhere. And and as much as I'm a physical person, I like physical touch. That's my love language is physical touch. I like physicality. I like going and hitting the gym. I don't like making excuses like, "Oh, my stomach's so fat. I just I need the right diet." No, I'm finna take my ass to the gym and I'm finna sit in there for two hours and burn twelve hundred calories and work the heck out of my out of my out of my muscles and then go run for thirty minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we were born on the physical generation. Now everything is a mental game because parents don't take their kids outside and get them roughed up. They don't let them go outside and hang out with their yeah. friends. They come back with a broken nose or a broken finger like us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They don't go outside and fight. What kids fight nowadays.
2: Out of the house.
1: Exactly. Kids go outside nowadays. Exactly. These little kids go to the mall and stuff nowadays. They go get in the fight and the poli- they, the, the person who loses go call the police and now, like the other kid got it, you know what I'm saying? Like, we right. go and fight, folks, or we go and we go and wrestle. We gonna go and do this or do that, or we gonna talk smack about somebody, and then that's it at the end of the day. We see you the next day. What's up, fool?
0: Yeah, right.
2: So, well, nowadays, though, also, shit, you want to lose because you win the fight, they spray your whole family up because you beat their tail. Exactly. You know, how do you <laughs> mentally teach that to anybody? It's like you sitting there, like I told my I said Dad, You always say I used to get in trouble if I if I got a fight. You got two whoopers if you lost, so you never lost. (laughs) You just didn't lose because you win, you might just survive a day. All right, listen, no fighting. As long as you ain't started. Nowadays, your parents got to tell you, hey, you might want to bend over and lay down, bro, because if you win... Everybody can be affected.
1: That, and that's the thing is that now we, we preach so you know society preaches so much about teach your kids how to be kids, teach your men, your young boys how to be a man and how to accept this. But it's like you can only soften everything. This world is cruel. Right? right. And we 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 were raised harder than what we jumped into, which helped us, which is why we we're able to handle so much stress, which is why we we're able to talk or take take people talking about us or take judgment which why we were able to fight and then go back the next day, like nothing happened. Nowadays, what's happening with these younger kids, and as people are seeing, is that they teach them everybody loves you, it's going to be okay, you love everybody the same, don't fight. And then once these kids get beat up, or these kids get talked bad about, they don't tell them, hey, if somebody tells you that you're this or that, somebody calls you ugly, just know you're not ugly, don't get it mad, don't get mad We don't tell both sides of the mental aspect if we want to be so mental. So now we got kids shooting up schools because yeah. their parents are so comfortable and loose with their guns around the house, which is one thing that I know I got to protect myself from now and my child from future. future yeah. um, because like I said, his mother is white and his and she has a husband and he's a country boy. He, he, he put my son in camera. I was like, take that shit off. <laughs> he's not wearing that. Um, but I don't want him to not be in my possession and he goes up and shoots the school up where he's at because they're trying to teach him how to be soft and stuff like that. Son, you're black we mentally we already have that tapped in we've had the mental aspect locked in for sure for years we don't we don't need therapy we don't need a psychiatrist nothing like that we locked in from birth because we already had 400 years of slave etched in us (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's like it's like people Our generation now wants to tell you how to treat your kids and how you should raise your kids and understand them. You should, but you also need to teach them how to handle objection, rejection, how to handle somebody who tries to fight them, what they should follow afterwards, because we were raised physical, but if your parents probably said the same thing. If you, you win some, you lose some. Somebody beat your ass, you go back for them the next day until you win, right? You right. you fight him back same way. You don't need no gun. You don't need to go and pick nothing up. You don't need to kill nobody. These like and crying, they ain't, they ain't
0: exactly. Put uh-huh. the gun down,
1: Craig. Use these. Use. Hey, what do you say? Use these. <laughs> so it's like we were raised on that. We were raised on how to be mental and think about things on the front end, but we were also raised to how to be physical. If mm. if it, it don't matter, my mom used to always tell me too, because my dad can tell me this. Yeah. But if it's a girl, it, it don't matter. If it's a boy, it's a girl, it's whoever. If you tell you, you know, they could swing on you one time or push you and all that, you be nice because she knew I was stronger than all the other kids at, at certain points. Right. She's like, be nice, but if they put their hands on you one time, you walk away, okay. My dad would say the same thing, too, because he's in law enforcement. You walk away. They keep putting their hands on you to try to swing at you again. My dad would always be like, That's when you knock their ass out. My mom would be like, That's when you hit a bitch. <laughs> so it's like, that would
2: put some hands when a woman,
0: but
1: beat a bitch. Yeah, I ain't gonna punch no woman at all. Like, if a it woman does. was, if she had a gun in her hand and was about to kill me, then, you know, she's gonna get dealt with. But if a woman's trying to fight me and stuff like that, I ain't gonna punch them or nothing like that. They're gonna get that mean ass mush. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't <gonna> mush <laughs>
2: My like Derek But
1: you gotta do a saw because you I'm liable to push somebody down and break their spine or something. Knowing my luck, I'm liable to push somebody down or or or, or try to spin move someone. They break their arm and now I'm going to like you know what I'm saying? The world is just soft in that aspect. It's because
2: it's a hard dynamic to understand that you need you need negativity to be it's a it's balance. Like I need someone. That, if I walked around here thinking I was the finest man in the world. I will be acting as such. I need someone to tell me, nah, no, dog, you ugly. Cause now that means when my partner tells me, hey, I love you, you fine, it makes me feel a little different. Because everybody don't agree with me. If everybody's agreeing with you, no one's growing with you. Exactly. I'm <laughs> still going against you at this point. Because if someone agrees with you so much, like that's why I tell everybody, I think fame is like the, the worst thing that anybody can ever take. Because you are put at this level of unattainability. Yeah. You cannot get any better once you hit. Once these people have put you up and they put you up strictly so they can pull their rug and they have the power to tell you how valuable you are to this society. And I tell everybody, it don't really matter no more. Like we all, Mm -hmm. we all are facing demons. We all look in the mirror and see my six pack ain't what it used to be. Mm -hmm. And your six pack not be what it used to be, but there's some 25 year olds out here who's struggling. So learning just to accept what I don't got is fine, but what I do have to give better that you got to teach that but the only way you can teach that is to have something
0: to
1: work on the thing is is, a lot of people are afraid to die
0: right
1: and i'm I'm gonna tell you this i'm gonna tell you this and i'm gonna tell you why a lot of people are afraid to die so we live in the now we don't want to think about the future i'm not guaranteed tomorrow that's what a lot of young people in our age group are saying now man i ain't guaranteed the next week i don't know what's gonna happen i'm gonna live life right now don't let's go on this trip Right. You can you yeah, I definitely get that because you don't you tomorrow's not guaranteed every day you wake up is mm-hmm. a blessing. But at the same time, once you come to accept that what's going what the two things that are given to you in your life that you know are gonna happen is you are gonna be born and you are gonna die. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can't shake this the either one of these, you can't shake them, you can't change that. Yeah, but, yeah. What you, but what you can change is by the time you nearing that death, what legacy did you leave behind? Right? Are you going to continue to focus on drama and all this small, ba- you know, childish high school stuff this the
0: time?
1: Exactly. Life is going to change for you at some points. So you're going to be somebody granddaddy or great granddaddy. What they're going to look back on you say what you done did? Do you have any plaques to show them on the wall? Hey, I did this. You want to be that granddaddy that can brag, and be like, Yeah, man, when I was your age, man, I was I was throwing that rock down through that man. You know, I went to college. I got my stuff paid for. I got these right. accounts, millions of dollars. You want to be able to create a legacy right? And that's what our generation does not focus on. The, the people that focus on it are the people that have high income. They are, Their Instagram and stuff is all finances and stuff, and they doing different businesses and that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Those are the people that I tend to kind of start talking to more and more, you know, people that are trying to make, you know, things happen to shake and they into their new careers. Um, we even been talking to you about your career changes and things we're doing to elevate and elevating how to better it. So it's like, once you start realizing, once the society starts realizing that, hey, you may not have 100K right now, but in 10 years, you might. In 20 years, you might have a million-dollar home or a million-dollar in assets. What do you, you know, how are you creating that legacy now? And a lot of people just are so focused on what am I doing now to look like this, to look like these people, that we get confused. We lose touch with our mental state. We lose touch with what is important. We focus on what the Kardashians doing in Fox 6 breaking news. I saw that one of the days and I was like, you're kidding me. Like, we should be learning about what the the economy is looking like right now on the news channel, what the presidents are doing. I ain't heard nothing about the wars. And I've been watching a few news, like, excerpts for about the past week or two. I ain't seen nothing on the war that's still happening and getting worse. But I heard about the Kardashians opening back up. We're we're just so groomed to focus on the things that don't
2: matter. Because you need distraction from reality. People have to be distracted from your reality. You can you judge somebody else's reality and it makes your reality a little bit more bearable because you go, Oh my God, I could never let that happen to me. You never actually know I tell everybody, you one mistake away from being in the same situation from the person you judge the worst.
1: It's it's not even distraction, it's order. The society with the society we live in, in every single country, no matter what, has to have a, a guidance, has to have an order. Mm-hmm. If we were to all like when the, when the stock market stuff was booming, and if we all just became millionaires off of GameStop and AMC, there would be no order, nobody would need to work at what McDonald's is. Everybody was a millionaire, nobody right. would need to work at and Walmart. Don't matter no more, the money exactly. no
2: longer has much power as it exactly does now there you needs to be certain things.
1: there needs to be an order to keep america going the way it has been going there needs to be people working in these low income jobs there needs to be working in people that are in these high income jobs there needs to be people that have so much money that they are doing things for communities and stuff like that and they have to cuz the government says so while there are poor people that have you know, continue to try to keep working for that and and look to get to that level. Mm -hmm. It has to be in order. Unfortunately, it's a good or bad thing. This is why I don't like politics, really, because it's always good and bad. There's never no. We select this presidential candidate and everything's going to be good. Never that.
2: Well, I I I tell everybody, get you a job that will earn you enough money to where politics don't truly affect you. Exactly. Because I make Republican money. I got Democratic ideals. And I'm somewhere right in the middle. That's
1: exactly how I live. I like I like what Republicans do with money, and I like the way that Democrats think about certain things. Democrats just, they need to get their, their money together, god dang, because the stock market has been hurting, but it's okay. We ain't going to talk about it. Like I said, um, but no, it, it, it needs to be balanced. And the thing is, we can't have balance without order society would we would run ourselves into the ground if that that if everybody became on the same level as far as income or if everybody had enough income that they didn't need to work these lower income you need to have the poor operating this country and the rich assigning and organizing it that's because we've been doing it for 200 years we don't know a different way maybe we'll find one in the next hundred years or so maybe we'll find it in our lifetime but that's what all of this recent life events have shown is that you need somebody to be oppressed. You need the oppressor for us to work as an economy. So whether Not that
2: the be is, yeah. The oppressor can never grow because all he wants to do is oppress once he's mm-hmm. no longer oppressed. The it's oppressed. The cycle. Can, exactly
1: exactly it's just a big cycle there are people who are born less fortunate and there are people who are born fortunate or beyond right? right and the people that are born fortunate or beyond they have to go back down to the less fortunate to learn core values or to learn certain aspects mm-hmm. in order to be like you see all these rich famous celebrities with kids and their kids just spur off and go all off the map they don't you know they doing different stuff they have to go on their own journey and that journey winds up like you said in that circle putting them back down here to learn Truly, what this is—you have to find the value. Exactly. You see, all these rich kids who always do stupid stuff or always hang with the <laughs> bad crowds because mm-hmm. up here is lonely. Up here, like they tell you, it's lonely at the top. The, yep. It's lonely up here because there are less oppressors than there are oppressed. Right. True. It only yeah. takes one government of what fifty people to run a whole country worth. Well, how many people in America? Seven billion, or is that on the planet?
2: I think it's on the planet,
1: and I think we got like 3.2 million over in North America. From what I think, I ain't good with stats. Yeah, I ain't good with I ain't good with that stats at all. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up for us. All right, do, 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 do,
0: do,
1: it's seven billion on the planet, which that is really not a lot to be honest. 300. Yeah, okay, so 330 million as of 2020 last year. So that number went well, 329.5 million. So 500 people, 500 thousand people kick the can unfortunately rest in peace to their souls um but i knew it was about 330 so you have 330 million people in america alone out of that 330 i would say roughly 300 maybe less than 300 i would say about 250 people are in an oppressive state where they are financially mentally spiritually or institutionally oppressed they are being put down by another person who has higher power and they know this and they're being manipulated and they are slowly trying to find a way and work out of it. It has to be that cycle. And, and, what I'm saying to myself is that, like, I know I'm at this bottom part of this cycle. I ain't rich, I ain't no millionaire, I ain't changing things right now. What I can do is change the perspective of people around me so that way we can break out of this mental cycle that we're automatically placed in, and right, right. so we can all grow together and change this thing. Because really, it just takes a, a generation to change what has been going on. And the person mindset, and
2: then the mindset around the others will
1: follow. i say it takes a generation because we've had people before us that do that. That mm-hmm. have done that, MLK, Malcolm X. As much as people right. try to say he was a aggressor, I love him. Uh, <laughs> um, but you've you had people who ready, so said, y'all should let
2: him win, not the other guy. No disrespect, you know, my no name.
1: disrespect. But Malcolm was—he was—he was by his action. So you know, like it's there's certain things left and right that could have been done by one person, but were attacked by the majority beforehand. It takes generations. So that generation of people died off. Their principles may have been transitioned to the next level.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'm not wishing death on nobody. I'm just saying that, that generation of ideals stuff, it wasn't as extreme the next level. And then permissions and exclusions and limitations and per- repercussions were placed on for people doing certain actions a couple of years down the road. It wasn't immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just keeps going a, con- a constant cycle where newer things are being put in place, like Alabama, which is crazy, is that, you know, I think it was either Alabama or Georgia. Somebody just got public lynching um, removed from their bill. Wow. The, and yeah, the actually, data. the
2: national government just, the federal government has now outlawed lynching. And actually, three states, I think South Carolina was one, I'm not so sure, but two other southern states. That's but crazy. The, isn't it? It's that law itself.
1: That's crazy, and there was a law that allowed public lynching still in effect in the air in the age of 2021. We should be having flying cars by now, but now we still removing old races like laws stuff inside the books. It's crazy. So it's like,
2: listen, Tate Reeves, the governor, marked um, this month as a National Confederate Month and also National Genocide Month, excluding slavery and the genocide of the native american people we just going into kind
0: of circles
2: but i said everybody do you really want to fix that stop letting that be the big story you know what you want to get the story get your money big enough to where you can impact these people only money talks to a politician their ideals could be their ideas You can pay for somebody to shut up though <laughs> You really you really can sorry, little, little man you're good, you're good, uh we can go ahead and start closing up, let's get a lasting thought What you got
1: My last thought, man um he's he's okay, he's good, let us sitting here, you sitting here, buddy? My last closing thoughts, man, I would say to. Anyone that's listening to this, first of all, thank you so much for having me on here. Oh, T Smooth is his name. We're gonna have to work whoa, on changing whoa. his his whoa. we're gonna have to work on changing his uh podcast name to T Smooth. T Smooth on the radio it's coming now. to you live. <laughs> uh that would be hard. I'm telling you, you got to get your intro uh like that. I'm telling you, you gotta have T Smooth. But man, thank y'all for whoever is listening, whoever's gonna be tuning in. It's gonna be a good amount of people already know it. you love. Hey, you know what? Continuous love, man. Um, everybody, a serious message to close out. I say is to continue to spread love. Uh, we've been told this for so many years, yet people, new people, new day, every single thing, new ideas are coming out. And just because you don't initially agree, take the time to at least have a conversation with people. Be respectful before you are disrespectful. Don't just come up and think, oh, this person is different than me. Oh, he got dreadlocks. I know he ain't coming here to do business because I might someday, someday somebody might come up looking like me that is going to be telling you, hey, you need to owe me money that I've done for this. Or, hey, this is my property that you're standing. on. I own this whole set of land and you're ruining stuff. I'm going to need you to get out. person to look just like me and you're going to be sitting back thinking, like, I shouldn't have never judged him before i before i knew who he was you're gonna go into a store a company trying to make demands because you just see other people in different ways that you're 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 not trying to be respectful of other people you're gonna talk to the wrong person one day that's gonna have a lot more to you and they're gonna shut you down and you're gonna feel so little and it might cause you to to have the worst rest of your life type of deal and i we don't i don't want that for you i want you to be peaceful and love people and respect people before you disrespect people because there are stories from everybody and everybody has to deal with things and love is the only way we're going to make this life better for everybody so
2: I can message you on your social and um, also be sure to uh, promote your other external job outside of Northwest oh yeah, oh yeah for sure man I appreciate you for allowing me to hop on the platform
1: too man all I need y'all to do is just shout out and check out my uh, I said check out Check out my photography Instagram. It's shots by Cinco. So number five in in, in Espanol. Um, uh, You know, I talk a little bit of Spanish, baby Spanish. So I ain't even, I ain't even to drop it on them right now. You know what I'm saying? But uh, check me out on Instagram, man. It's my photography page. Y'all ever need some shots, holler at me. Um, T-Smooth, man. I appreciate you again.
2: Always. always Love, it, my boy. Lasting thoughts. Uh, Friendships will grow, friendships will suffer, friendships will evolve. Friendships should not look how they looked 10 years ago today. Mm -hmm. There's a fundamental issue if they look exactly how they looked 10 years ago. Either you haven't gone through anything or you've been lying for 10 years. So I tell everyone to accept the evolution of friends, learn to let certain friends go and live with it. And, again, reiterating what you say, love people. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close out. I thank you guys for joining in on the I Speak Code Switch podcast, and I'll tune in with you guys next episode. Peace. Peace.